0: Well, man, should we uh, kick things off? I'm looking forward to this one, bud. (laughs) Me too. Me too. Uh, (laughs) I actually, in terms of uh, opening housekeeping news, I think I have us a Kuwaiti contact who has um, accepted my offer to be on. We just got to give him a couple notice his name is saud al-zabin and cool. he is um desert demon racing is i believe his company currently is he on and, the sorry on the ground yep um yeah just desert demon racing ddr and i think he actually has a shop in the UAE as well because he's got. Oh, sorry. He so he has DDR Marine in the UAE and then he has DDR Performance in Kuwait. And my understanding is that this guy is one of the pioneers back in the Fox Body days in terms of bringing them into Kuwait. And then if you just look at his Instagram page, you'll just see all types of crazy race cars and. You know, this this seems like a pretty legit guy. Yeah. Jet
1: skis, Raptors, quarter mile shit. Yeah. This seems like
0: our kind of guy for sure. Yeah. And I was uh, speaking to another guy from Kuwait. That's how I, well, the other guy that I was talking to put me on to, to Saud here and he just bought a 93 teal Cobra off of a local Dallas guy. Uh, Jeremy from Reaper Garage and was looking for help to ship it over. So I got tagged in the post just with my experience of logistics between (laughs) here and the other side of the world. And yeah, we got talking and I actually asked him. It's his second Fox body. And he's like, no, no, no. He's like, you want to talk to this guy? So yeah, he put us in touch. So hopefully we can get him on and then uh, we can talk GCC uh, Fox bodies, which would be super cool. A hundred percent. We, I just kind of brushed past it with Paul
1: and Sally there quick and um, they were immediately as interested in, and also have been as much as we are. So um, I think it'll be neat, right? We're not the only ones that are, that are interested in the story. So.
0: Oh, for sure. So let's get into this. Fox body coupes with body kits. Right.
1: Well, and okay, maybe before we do that, let's just say that there's, if we want to branch off a little bit, right. And I'd messaged you on this saying like LX hatches, right. There's some handful of people out there, a small group that are very pure to that model of car, not having a skirt kit on it and the LX verts. Right. Mm -hmm. So we got, three LX's that in some people's minds is completely
0: against Fox body religion. To do well, anything. it's just, yeah. And it would kind of be the body kit in general, right? Because you don't typically see, I guess a GT that somebody takes the GT kit off to put another kit on just because it's pretty much integrated with the moldings. Now, with that said, you can change a GT into a Cobra, right? Because you kind of do the scoop deletes and, you know, the rear bumper, you would change ultimately Cobra grill insert. All those things seem to be okay. Um, I have actually put Detch kits on GTs by cutting the GT skirts, you know, about an inch or two below the moldings just to... Leave enough material to attach a body kit to. And the only time that I've done that is when the GT kits have been destroyed, you know, like they're people have pulled in the parking curbs or they've run over stuff, or you know, they cut out uh, <laughs> sections in the rear bumper for exhaust tips, um, all those good things. And you know, I, I don't know. it's not done enough so i don't know what the hate level would be if let's say we started getting a bunch of gts and taking the gt kits off to put something else on i'm sure there would be just as much hate towards it but you're absolutely right um it's just people some people like to go by the pure form that the car originally came and not to touch it and and the coupes definitely I guess are the the hottest topic out of all of them maybe because they're technically the hottest car out there at the moment and people just maybe it's just an envy thing they wish they had a coupe and and they can't even get one let alone one with body kit I I don't know that's well said it
1: very well may be and they look at it like why would you do that to a coupe when I can't even find one right (laughs) Yeah, I know. And I've I've toyed around with this because I mean, this being such an important topic to so many and such a controversial topic, I wondered how we walk ourselves through this. And I kind of wondered if the way you and I originally talked about it the other day, when I brought up like the LX hatch, for example, and you're like, well, what about salines? Right. So I wonder if maybe starting there, because both saline and Dutch horsed around with lX hatches, and i I think for some people listening, they probably don't even know that, right? Most people see a skirt kit and they just
0: immediately think g t yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I think just that added level of ground effects is just sort of what made the g t It wasn't really the fact that it was a hatchback versus you know something else it was just that it had add-ons onto it and you know we've, we've seen some people put gt kits on coupes, and i think it can look okay in in certain respects if done properly you know i just actually redid the trim on that one that everything was red you know the quarter window moldings and the <laughs> the door frames, you know, and it was just, it was too much. You know, the car did look a little odd. And then once I cleaned up all the trim, it went all black. You know, I, I think the GT kit actually looked not too bad on that car. But I guess maybe the the first question is, and maybe we can kind of do it in stages, right? Because it's the factory produced them in all of the models in the, in the way that we saw them. Would it matter, or is it allowed, or to what extent are people okay with, it's okay because it got sold by the dealer that way, right? So the first step would be, okay, it's okay because the factory designed it that way. That's the way that we like it. Next step is, while the dealer got these salines, the dealer got these Dutch cars, the dealer got, and I don't even know, did ASC McLaren's, did they go through dealers or was that a separate, because I'm sure they got the cars new, right? And then I just don't know how they were ever sold. That's a great question. I, and I don't know the answer to it either.
1: In all honesty, like the ASC McLaren's to me are a bit of a gray area. Um, I've got a high level understanding of them. But, um, nowhere near the level that I should to to
0: speak on it intelligently for sure, right. And the funny thing is they're still around. You know, I actually saw right. them at uh, yeah, Foxtoberfest, and they had some parts there, and I had actually reached out to them maybe two years ago. I was actually looking for the taillight covers that they used because they were like a smoked cover that kind of looked clear and smoked and Just something like unique and different. That wouldn't be just a tinted lens or typical cheese graters. And, you know, they were pretty good. Responsive got back to me right away. And, you know, unfortunately for the ASC McLaren, and I think the Capri model or those few four-eye ones, you know, like that navy blue with the orange, those ones kind of got some pretty cool vibes going about them. But I have to say, man, those convertibles that they did, with the exception of, I guess, I kind of like the design of the two-seater, you know, and the way that the top, I guess, worked and and functioned because it almost looked like an old Mercedes SL 500. Like it, it was pushing like that European boundary, but the way that those kits were done, you know that that. ASC nameplate and the rear bumper, like everything literally looked like it was put on top of something. So it didn't look as clean or as integrated, although they did some really cool stuff. You, hands down, kudos, especially back in the day. But I guess going back to the point, we don't know if they were available from the dealer, but it they probably were to a certain extent. So are those cars okay? That would be a question that I think we should throw it there. And maybe some people can give us feedback via our social media platforms and let us know. And, you know, from there, the next question would be okay, I bought my normal LX or, you know, Vert, Hatch, Coop, whatever it might be. And then I decided to take it to Dutch, Or maybe I got the Cervini. Celine kit or stita stita made a couple cars um and then we had and you know back in the day like yours your xenon or xenon kit that you have you know that would have been a high quality kit that you know it wasn't a cheap kit if I remember correctly like you were paying big money it was urethane it was fitted like you were buying a quality piece or Servini style. And I don't think all these aftermarket or sorry, these, I guess, cheap wide body fiberglass weird contraptions were kind of in production yet. You know what I mean? Like, I think that there was more focus around quality in the beginning. And I think that there was more acceptance to being able to do it back then because the Coupes weren't that desirable or maybe the LX hatches or whatever. But then there was, so that's kind of like the, I guess, the different stages of what would be acceptable. And then it's sort of like, then the tables turned when the cars all of a sudden started becoming desirable and it got amplified because I don't think body kits were that big of a deal, you know, because we had underground, or under glow neon we had big stereo systems we had you know your canadian tire chrome catalog we had chrome fender flares and in, in some uh, i never had them but but we've seen it done right so i don't know that's i guess sort of i'm trying to just put a timeline together in a bunch of different scenarios so i guess give me your thoughts on, on what you think well <clears throat>
1: I I agree with all those. And one more thing that I've considered in this whole body kit schmozzle is, and it's more of a feeling than anything that I get, but I think it's a fairly justified feeling based on what I've seen. And what that is, is I've noticed that Canadian cars tended to lean more towards putting a body kit on a coupe, for example, than American cars. And I don't know if that's the Dutch influence. Now, I'll say this about Dutch, I didn't know a whole ton about them in the early days. I only stumbled into them maybe a little bit before uh, like stumbling into yourself and you being out there promoting that whole brand. So it's, it's a weird one for me because I, I see, even in the local classifieds nowadays, well, today, for example, I seen a black coupe with a GT kit on it, which I think that's most people's thing that they jump to right away. I get comments like that all the time. Who puts a GT kit on a coupe? And I don't even bother anymore, but you know what I mean? It's like, well, if you're that fucking stupid and you don't even know that it's not a GT kit, that's another one. Oh, you're, you cut holes in the back of your GT kit and ran your exhaust out the back. like. I'm not even going to waste my time getting into this with you, bud. You know, like, so anyway, my point being, though, I want to lean towards saying that I feel the Canadian cars were treated more to the body kit side of things than the American cars were.
0: Yeah, I I would agree with that. And, And I think going to the Dutch point that you made, Is that, and and I can say more, I guess, accurately for Toronto or Ontario, and right. So for all of our American listeners that are out there, you need to really put Canada in the perspective. You know, there's only a couple major cities that exist in this country of ours called Canada that is the same land mass as the United States. And that is, we have Vancouver, we have Toronto, and we have Montreal, right? And that's that's pretty much it. Ontario has the bulk of the population of the country, and to put things, I guess, in uh, even under a, a tighter magnifying glass, there's more people in the state of California than all of Canada combined. So. There's really not that many of us, but the fox body community is small as we know. So for Dutch to originate in Toronto, which is one of those three major cities and probably where the most fox bodies were sold in the country, having Dutch there, I feel like if you wound the tape back to the mid nineties, I would almost want to put money on that a Dutch kit was more common on a notch back than a plain notch back. It was almost like the thing that was sought after. It was like, if you had a notch back or you don't, know, even if you had an LX hatch, either, either one of them, you went and you got a Dutch kit. And unfortunately the bootlegging began and then, you know, Dutch kits are fiberglass and always have been. The difference being the originals are high quality, multi-layered, and from the you know the molds that were made by Derek Hanson himself, and then some of the bootleggers started making copies of them. You know, not as many strands of fiberglass, a couple other little tweaks that you can pick up here and there if you look really close. But I think that that availability also it just spread like wildfire, man. I remember looking at the Auto Trader ads, and it was just like, "Dutch kit, Dutch kit, Dutch kit, Dutch kit, kit," and and that's just sort of what you put on. Now, was Dutch potentially, and and this is where if we looked at something per capita, right? Because Celine was doing its thing the same time Dutch was doing its, and if you looked at you know the population and the amount of people that were aware of Dutch back then, versus those about Celine, you know, was there more interest? Was that kit that much more potentially sought after? Do all, all of us Canadians just all think the same? And We just thought that that was the kit to have and, and we loved it. And the US just didn't really see much of it because, well, the internet was just starting to be the internet and nobody really knew what was going on uh, north of the border to to our southern friends. And with that said, I don't think Celine ever had the bootlegging issue that Dutch did. You know, their kits were urethane from the get-go, at least that's my understanding. I think they're very early kits. There might have been some fiberglass, but the urethane kit probably much more harder to rip off and make molds of just because it's more pliable. And you know, so those are some of the questions that I have, but it's very interesting you know, in in the time machine to kind of see or really think about it because you're absolutely right. Us Canadians, you went to a body kit one way or another. Yeah. I know it's weird. I mean, it.
1: I want to say or question like, is it a cultural thing? But that's almost kind of goofy to say because whether you're in Canada, the United States, I mean, there's not a whole lot of difference between the two of our imaginary borders, right? So I don't know if it is a cultural thing. And then I guess a bit of a an argument or maybe justification to what you were saying earlier would be the internet didn't exist. Like we got all the information we could find out of the Muscle Mustangs and fast forwards, you know? So it wasn't as if you could text me a photo of what was going on on the east side of Canada. And I could then uh, translate it into what I wanted to do on the west side of Canada. Like that didn't happen like it does today. So, but at the same time, it's almost as if we were in kind of a woo woo manner. All Canadians were on the same wavelength because it was happening on the west coast, just as it was in the east. And I, So it's probably a good point in time to like get into maybe some of my justifications for it, because I did for anyone that doesn't already know this, put my body kit on in 1999. Okay. So way back in the day. And there's all the standard justifications. You didn't want it to look like the next door neighbor's four cylinder LX. Um, The, um, the SN 95s were out. And they kind of have their own little kit and they were sleek looking and these fox bodies were super boxy and kind of run of the mill they you could mistake them for a crown vic or a Taurus real easily you know um but the other side of it is a body kit gives you that visible impression that your car is lower to the ground because you've added skirts to it and it looks lower now A body kit in a non-lowered car is a joke, and anyone that's rocking that still to this day should probably have a chat with themselves. (laughs) So, But we're all trying to accomplish this visible, we talked about it, I think it was last week, right? Like that that visible look that um, the renderings have, where your tires are so tight to your wheel well that You can't even hit a stone on the road, a slight piece of sand without bottoming your tires out, you know? And that's very hard to accomplish, especially without a body kit. Like you cannot gain that level of profile. You can't get that low to the ground. And the skirt kit helps you do that. And then you added a nice lowering kit or coilovers or whatever, and you're that much better off. But I'll maybe branch off from that too and say, Let's say you take a stock car right off the dealership lot and you put a skirt kit on it. And let's say it was a 16 inch pony wheel car. That's kind of goofy looking, right? Especially if you don't have it lowered. Now, no one, well, there are some wheel options out there that people question, I guess, fairly, whatever. They had the same, everyone shares the same idea. Like that was a bad wheel option. You know, remember those three spoke wheels that you've seen on a lot of SN95? Fuck, those yeah. are awful. The tri-bars. So, um, yeah. Anyway, um, but no one argues the fact that a 16-inch pony doesn't look that good at stock height. We can admire the OEM feel and look, but everybody wants to go to a 17, fill up the wheel well a little bit. Like, you're just trying to improve that overall aesthetic. And really, that's what we were trying to do when
0: we were putting body kits on coops. You know, oh, I I, I totally get it. Um, I think that, you know, we talked about the whole individualization piece, you know, a reflection of, you know, one's personality. And, you know, it's it's funny in the same way that. I think us guys who put body kits on our coupes or on our cars in general. We don't knock all these guys that go or went swapping motors, putting in roll cages, mini tubs, or beating in their inner fender wells so that they can get slicks in there, you know, removing their quad shocks, uh, running lake woods, solid mounts, like all of these things that literally turn what could be a nice... Driver on the road into you know a lumber wagon, and don't get me wrong, I have cars that are lumber wagons just because they're so low to the ground. But it's sort of, I guess, the same thing in, in a sense, right? Like some guys modded their stuff in a way, or the weight reduction, I think that that's probably a huge pet peeve, you know, pulling out the sound deadening underneath the carpet, removing like the fog light bar the sway bars like pulling all this shit out just to save a couple hundred pounds and hopefully grab you know a hundredth in, in in the quarter or whatever it might be that they're running and abuse the shit out of these cars where us who might be more about the looks than trying to win a race we probably washed our like i knew i washed my car daily you know, when when I was young and I only had one or maybe two, right? And vacuumed and it was like, you know, make sure you tap your feet together and knock the dirt off. I don't want it in my mats and, you know, no drinking, no eating in my car. You know what I mean? So I know I've always had extremely well taken care of, pristine as much as I could make them with what I had at the time back in the day. And still till now, but you know what, what's the big deal? Why do people get such hurt feelings just because there's this body kit or something that's different? because that's what it is. It's something that's different. People hate change, they don't they like the same old. And I want to be just as critical as the guy who runs who has a black LX notch on 17-inch chrome pony arms. How many of those are out there? Yeah. And for justification purposes,
1: it's a beautiful look, and it'll get my attention every single time. But it's kind of that same old thing. I mean, it's almost as if it's come off the dealership lot like that because so many folks are doing it.
0: Like, well, hey, let's say, let's say both of our YouTube channels, you know, we only built LX notches, red, black, maybe a couple white, and just stock form, maybe some drop springs and 17 inch ponies. That's all we did. Like, how long would our channels survive? And and how many people would think that the cars changed? Like I went through three, four black LX notches last year, and you wouldn't believe how many people were like, "Oh, which which one is that? Is that the one with the blower? Is that the one that went through all the motors? Oh, is that that one? You know what I mean? Like, don't get me wrong. Because yes, it's nice it's cars. Good. Black coupes are are great in when they're alone, but I'm sorry if you get ten black coops all parked next to each other, you know, how are you gonna really <laughs> individualize them or, or you know what I mean? See which one that you maybe like better. Like at that point, it's just okay, who was using the the, you know, the, the compounds and the polishes to get the swirl marks out more than, or who used tire shine, or maybe it's you start looking at the tires and go, oh, that guy's got you know, a Nitto versus uh Bridgestone or whatever it might be. And then that's the only way that you can tell them apart. Yeah, it's true.
1: I, I mean, to take that one step further, imagine going to a car show and every car in the lineup of angle, angle part cars was your standard lowered coupe with 17 inch ponies, right? It's like, man, when is something different going to pop up here? You know? Yeah. So, I thought of something as you were saying this and now this isn't a knock on the product I'm about to, to mention, because I think it's a very innovative and very well done deal. Um, I haven't spoke to the guy voice to voice, but chatted with him on, on Instagram and stuff. Um, but maker's garage and the pinch weld covers. So again, I'll preface this one more time. I'm not knocking those. I think it's a really cool deal. And uh, they look great on the cars, okay? But secretively, I joke with myself. I'm like, is this like a starter body kit type situation? <laughs> like, it's kind of like you're just edging into and warming yourself up to like bigger and better things. Because, you know, I mean, they're not big, right? Like they're whatever, a couple inches. But you see them on a coupe and they they look nice. They clean up that whole, which pinch welds are always beat. Some dipshit mechanic tried lifting the car on the pinch weld. And uh, anyway, tidies that area up. And I've always joked with myself when I see him and I'm like, I think this is a starter wannabe body kit. Well, you know what's (laughs) funny, right?
0: And I think that that is what actually makes the LX quite ugly, especially in stock ride height form. You know, because if the car is a stock ride height, you can see the underside of the car that much more you're looking at an LX from the front, the first thing you're going to notice is the bottom part of the air dam. It's probably twisted or, or it's not going to be straight. Somebody pulled up to a curb or just ears and, you know, it just kind of gets that that little bubble or that bump. And then you're going to see the little anti-rub air dam piece of plastic thing. Um, underneath there that's exposed and if that's again has pulled up to some curbs or whatever else it's going to be a little beat up or over sprayed if the car has been painted and they didn't mask it off properly and then from the side like you said you can see those pinch walls and if somebody jack the car up and properly, you know then they're all beat and they look wrinkled and, and everything else which the maker's product is great to Mask that and maybe keep dumbass mechanics from trying to jack up on them because maybe they'll think twice if those covers are on there. And then the back of the car yeah, you got two tailpipes, but you see a massive gas tank, which, you know, unless you're underneath there and, and you're putting armor all on the gas tank cover, keeping it shiny and making sure the straps aren't all dirty and rusty. Let's be serious like, who really wants to look at that now? once you start lowering the cars it starts taking some of that away in terms of i guess being able to see all those underside things but that's going back to your point exactly. of you know putting a body kit on and that's what the GT ground effects do they hide every single last one of those things and the only thing that would be arguable would be the rear bumper that okay you don't have exhaust you know coming out and people want to see those dual tailpipes which you know people end up cutting them out but your next go-to would be that cobra rear bumper which i think ford got it right when they did that cobra kit because it was a little it's a lot more subtle you know it doesn't have those scoops uh and the uh, fender extension and behind uh the uh the side skirts and it was just kind of more cleaner simpler lines which i think is an important thing to talk about in terms of body kits in general right because we got those big Huge, the dominator wide body, you know, which I've never really seen a wide body really ever pulled off properly. You know, just everything always indents into the doors and the body moldings never really line up 100%. You lose the body line in the rear quarter panel because things get stretched or bolted on, which, by the way, I absolutely despise Liberty Walk wide body kits with the. Where you gotta drill and screw them on, especially when you see them on an exotic, it's just like okay, yeah, no. Anyways, um, but going back I hate to those things on four by four pickups, yeah, exactly. No, well, that's 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 covering rust up in Canada, right? Because you know the wheel was right. all <laughs> rotted out, so they just put those on and then it hides it all. So out of sight, out of mind. But in terms of, I think the design and the flow of some of these kits and you know i think the xenon which you have is probably the closest to a gt in terms of the edges and the lines so i think it almost completely transforms the look and feel of things because Fox bodies are a funny car when you really look at them right because they're boxy when you look at them in a silhouette is probably the best way. So if they were in a shadow, they look like a box with wheels. <laughs> and um, yeah. But if you then, and this is talking about the, the aero style, so our 87s through 93s. But then if you start looking at the rest of things, if... The headlights, for example, they're square, but they're they've got rounded curves on the on the markers on, on the inner, inners and outers. The wheel well, the fender flares, they're more rounded, you know, versus as opposed to Capri stuff, which was again more sharp cut, almost more wide body style. And there's just kind of depending if it was a hatch and what kind of wing that you put on. You know and we've seen you know the capri more of the bubble back brought in more more rounded edges so these cars were kind of you know bringing all of these more europe or would it be european were they i don't know they're bringing in these kind rounder of- more elements right um as opposed to being so boxy and i think that that's where people sometimes got body kits wrong it's was mixing, especially mixing up different kinds of body kits. One thing that I've seen a lot of were people taking GT kits, typically the GT front end, people always loved the fog lights in the front because they were there, they were integrated, but then they'd go and put Dutch side skirts or a Dutch rear bumper. And the Dutch skirts have these rounded contours that match the lines of the natural fender flares, which flow magnificently. When they're all on there. But when you then look at the side profile of a car and you see this nice rounded, you know, detch rear and this, the side skirts flowing into the fender uh, wheel wells perfectly. And then you got this boxy GT front end on the front. Or it'd be like, let's say we took your Xenon side skirts and put a detch front and rear on, but those skirts <laughs> in the sides. Like that's where I think. Like, to me, that's just a huge no-no because you're actually messing with the overall design, which is a question is how much design sense or fashion sense do Fox body owners actually have? Like, can they see this? You know, do they understand? Because a lot of people, when I explain the Dutch kit and, and how those contours are, it's like a light switch turns on and they're like, oh my God, I've never noticed that. That actually... Makes total sense. And then it's almost like, oh, I can accept this now because there's so much time and thought and energy. You know, that, um, as well as the fact that they were wind tunnel tested to actually be, you know, functional, not just aesthetically pleasing. Um, But, you know, can people see that? Do, Do they acknowledge that in general or are they just hating on the fact that it's different? Yeah, well, so on the Xenon
1: side of things, and I think you mentioned to me, you've not ever seen one in person, right? I haven't. Right. Okay. So the best way that I can explain it, and it kind of justifies a lot of the thinking that went on when I did purchase the kit, was I went to great lengths. For all intents and purposes, like I looked at everything and overthought it to the nth degree before finally settling on that kit and buying it. And it's funny, I tell the story about literally thumbing through the mag and finding the phone number and placing the call. And, you know, there wasn't any of this online ordering bullshit, you know. But the thing with that kit that attracted me the most to it and as I sit here beside the convertible and my LX coupe is the GT body kit, the standard GT body kit is a lot deeper than the xenon kit. And if you were to look under the door, the side skirt of my coupe, you'd notice like it's quite literally maybe like an inch and a half, two inches deeper than what the car actually is. It's not anywhere near as deep as a GT kit. And the same goes for the front and the rear. Um, A GT rear skirt situation is way deeper than that Xenon kit. Right. Um, Again, probably by two inches at least. And the front, same thing. It's got a low profile. It It almost sits as a little bit lower. Again, maybe an inch or so lower than what the stock kind of blue whale mouth lx
0: grill looks like you know yeah so it's but not it just really that profile. yeah it's, it's it's instead of everything kind of tapering in right because the front bumper cover underneath the molding is rounded and tapers in you know the bottom sides of the doors down the rocker panels are tapering in from the side same thing with the rear so your kit's really just kind of it's literally a skirt, it's like a bed skirt that isn't allowing the car to taper from all angles It and really just not that much lower. It's actually more about kind of the skirt and, and um, alleviating some of that, like almost like the Fox body, it's like there's um, a downdraft underneath it, kind of like sucking it and, and you know what I mean? Just pulling it in, if you could imagine, it's almost like a natural paint booth. <laughs> um yeah a scenario so yours versus yours is just kind of like rain dropping straight down the sides it's kind of like there's that meme i can't
1: remember the context of it but it's oh it's actually it's a beard meme and there's a guy with a beard with this, this like kind of big broad jaw profile and then it shows him without a beard and he's got no chin it's just like bottom lip straight into the throat Right. And that's kind of an LX. Then you put, you know, some sort of a front end skirt kit on it. And all of a sudden, you've got this sort of stocky, broad chin, so to speak. And going back to my Maker's Garage uh, pinch weld kits, I mean, another little. Deal where I see people dabbling in is they'll take an LX coupe and they'll put just a front, like a, a front skirt kit on it, right? Whether it's the stalker or the whatever. And I'm like, you're dabbling with a full body <laughs> kit here. Like, I can see it coming. Don't you worry. It's happening. Yeah, I've but seen it's, it done a lot. Again, but the, your point.
0: Yeah. Um, the, a lot of the Selene. Yeah, just front trying to change use. the profile. Yeah. Because
1: these things are in standard format, in my humble opinion, the and again, I'm going back to the just the coupe or the, the LX hatch or whatever, just a car without a, a skirt kit on them. They do. like you say, that profile funnels in and it doesn't have, well, it can have that broad kind of bulldog pit bull stocky look if, you're slammed to the ground. You can't even pull into a fucking curb. You can't drive it. You know what I mean? Like it needs to be so goddamn low to the ground that it's impossible to drive it. That's the only way that you can recreate that
0: or take away from some of that taperedness that happens. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that that's where, you know, again, with the maker's garage and and the lips uh, or the chin spoilers for the front, or people adapting the old Mach 1 uh, splitters to be able to to fit on the LX bumpers, and or the Termi, the Terminator front deals, right? Like the, yeah, uh, and you know guys are trying that. There's only one car, and maybe it was because it's the first time I ever saw that done. But that all mocked up guy with the silver four I that did it he he pulled it off the best and i've seen it you know done a couple times i've seen it done and you know grafted into an aero car and you know what it could have just been the craftsmanship or, or the work behind it because you really have to put some proper time into that and get you know the the molding into the bumper in the sense that all the the molding still flow and work properly, especially that fender extension on the side, because that's usually where people start running into issues, which is another thing that I have to say is what is it with people leaving the door moldings off their cars? It drives me nuts. Like that is probably one of my number one pet peeves. It's just, and this is going back to the design thing. Like, Okay, I get it. It's you don't have to worry about putting the door molding back on cuz it was peeling or curling up or maybe you took it off and you're too lazy once it got back from paint to ever consider sticking them back on or you didn't prep stuff properly and it was peeling off on you. But you know, it just you're completely destroying the flow of the body lines of the car. And you know what, unfortunately Ford never made it so that you could do anything with the front and the rear bumper because you can't do it all the way around. And that's the problem. Like you can, don't get me wrong. I wish you could. And it would probably look really, really cool, sleek, not having those added, uh, I guess that molding all the way around. Maybe just one, that one initial line, if that just went around the whole car, then that would look Uh, I guess more modern kind of like that Fox body 2020 Fox body rendering that went around sort of had that look and feel to it. But, you know, those guys and those are the guys who'd never have a body kit on their car too. You know, they probably hate on the body kits, but they're going to leave their door moldings off and completely destroy the aesthetics of their car from the side, in my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I I mean,
1: You look at say um, a higher end English car like the Aston Martin which they've got a pretty neat story about how everything is the rule of thirds right the roof is a third of the bottom section of the car and so on and so forth these cars don't really operate on those premises let's be honest right it was kind of like we're coming out of the 80s things are boxy we need light. We need a big motor and fuck it. We need something to stop door dings. So they slam some moldings on it. You know what I mean? And they're fuck for all intents and purposes. Like they're bigger than any molding you'll see on any goddamn car out there. You know, <laughs> those things would stop a D nine cat. Like they're huge. So I, I can see the appeal of attempting to get rid of them but as soon as you pull them off and you realize that there's a you know a whole dented in section that they slide into and and fit it like you're just filling
0: your car with bondo to get rid of this shit like it's you're turning it into a complete disaster you know yeah, i remember you know the honda civic guys used to do that all the time take that little and, and and their door moldings were literally like a quarter of the size of the Fox body ones but they would they would shave those flush and then the doors would just be smooth same with the fenders but the difference was with the with the hondas the front and the rear bumpers didn't have those integrated like the the moldings were literally just there for dings on the sides of the cars there wasn't anything special or fancy in the front or the rear bumpers and i think maybe that's why you know some of the whole body kit and i don't know call it rice or flare you know became such a big thing i think all of those you know, Japanese cars or Euro influence and everything else really opened up the doors for, for all of the, I guess, the visual stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think that again, it's going back to like design, going back to flow and, you know, some function to a certain regard. Don't get me wrong. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there that was strictly looks and had nothing to do. It probably actually hurt you in a wind tunnel or on the track, but, Um, For the most part, I think that there was some really, really cool designs that were brought out. And, you know, the the Fox body, there's no shortage of them either. And, you know, I know Tom Clark, built. he actually has the white coupe with the Saline front car slammed down and looks awesome. Beautiful car. Yeah, very, very, very. um, He's got a pace car that slammed down as well. You know this guy has an eye for design, but he also is like a fanatic when it comes to like rare, old school body kits and everything else. And a funny story was, I was looking for a Celine wing for a black GT that I got last year, and you know I was searching up and down, left and right, and I just the car had a cowl hood, and I wanted the Celine wing just to. Kind of finish the flow of the car off from the backside and just be something different than just the normal GT wing. So a guy finally reaches out to me in Marketplace, like, oh yeah, I have one. So I'm like, cool. The guy was like about an hour and a half drive from me. And so we went back and forth and he said he could deliver, then he couldn't deliver. So I said, fuck it. You know, I got in the M5, gonna go on a nice drive. Weather was great, make some boost, have some fun, and drive all the way to his place. And the motherfucker wasn't even there. I shit you not. He told me a time, wasn't there. And somebody, a family member, answered the door. I'm like, well, do you know where this wing is? Cause, you know, I'd love to get it and get on my way. Like, oh no, you know, should wait till he gets back. Like, okay, well, can you call him and let him know I'm here type deal? Go down the road mess around in social media hoping that you know the guy will be close by don't hear from him so at that point I'm pissed off and you know I I head back head back home and he calls me he's like oh man I'm so sorry I completely forgot I was running my errands and he's like I'll bring the wing to you and man I'm Probably my biggest pet peeve in my life is being on time and respecting other people's time. Uh, To me, that's a a very big thing. So I hate to be late and I hate not to, you know, be available when I say I'm gonna be available. So when this guy kind of burned me, like it really rubbed me the wrong way. And I I was almost gonna say, fuck it. You know, I don't don't want your wing, take your wing and, and shove it up your ass type deal. But he brought it. So he delivers this wing. I paint it, I put it on my car. Tom Clark, aka Cennus Bill, is like, dude, that's a Dugan racing wing. And I was like, what? Like it looks like a Celine wing to me. And he's like, no, look more closely. And I'm like, oh shit. And you know, we can't, I can't explain the difference on the podcast because it's something that you honestly you have to see. Same kind of whale type form. But the small little differences is, is that where it's, I guess, where the whale is going back towards the hatch of the car, it keeps going straight. So it's a straight line all the way in to the hatch frame, where the saline wing actually goes maybe three quarters and it steps down and then goes into um, the hatch frame from there. and. Like, this guy didn't know. Even I didn't know. And Tom's like, yeah, man, those, like, I want one so bad. He's like, would you sell it? And I'm like, well, now that you've told me how rare this fucking thing is, and now that I've seen that the way the line is and the flow, I'm like, no way, I'm I'm not getting rid of this thing. And apparently, Celine had one that looked very similar in their, I guess there was a first iteration of their wing before, and yeah, ultra rare. It, and it's those little subtle differences. And so going back to Tom, he's an absolute nut for rare body kits. And like these, man, there's kits that he's named off that I've never even heard of that were like, prototype kits or only certain amounts were made. And I know he's got a couple cool builds, you know, underway. So I'm hoping that we'll see some of uh, this cool old retro stuff, you know, come to light. And you know what? I, I hope that their kits and that end up on coupes too, just to, you know, ruffle some feathers. <laughs> well, it's it,
1: what's interesting about that is, you know, a lot of these wings, skirt kits, whatever, anything really for these cars that were being made back in the late 80s, early 90s was at a time when China wasn't really in the picture, you know, like they made spinny tops and whatever, no offense to them, but you know, like we just, everything comes from China now, like whether you would like it or not, it's something that's on your body right now is from China, you know, and it can be reproduced quite quickly for a reasonable amount of money. And therefore we're now in this day and age where things can be created quite easily. Whereas, the Dugan Racing days or the Celine days, the Dutch days, the whatever, this shit was like handcrafted. Like it was made in North America somewhere. And somebody was grinding this thing out, you know, versus mass produced. Um, Now, a little bit of a twist on this, but uh, one of the things that I wanted to mention that not necessarily rubs me the wrong way, but it's just not necessarily my thing. And I'll try to explain myself. So I think the, the thing that attracts me to a body kit on a coupe is as much as I like going fast in a straight line, when you think about straight line fast, you think fat tires in the back, skinny tires up front, rip your face off, blower hanging out of the hood, whatever. Okay. So that's one side of things. Now you look at the other side of it, which is like Le Mans. 24 hour, like air tunnel type look like they're two very, very different looks. You don't see a car that would be in Le Mans in a quarter mile race format because it's two completely different things and they don't really translate from one to the other. So I think where this all stems from is what's your, like what's that, uh, what's your forte? What's your appeal? Like, what do you like more? Would you rather look at a car on a race circuit? Or would you rather look at a car on a quarter mile? And rewinding back to how I started all that, I'm not, I, not that I can't appreciate it, but I would never be the type of guy to put a skinny front set of tires on my car and a fat set of back tires. Now I say that both of my cars that I'm sitting beside right now have bigger back tires than the front, but within correspondence to one another versus a pedal bike tire up front and a slick out back, right? Like everybody likes a big fat set of tires out back, but it more corresponds to that road race style or aesthetic than it does a quarter mile based style aesthetic. And I think the guys, I know we're both hypothetically speaking for a lot of people here, but I, I think the guys that shit on the coupes with a body kit the most are the ones that they like the skinny up front and the fat out back, like quarter mile look of a coupe. And that's kind of what, well, it's not kind of, that's what the coops have always been known for, right? Don't buy a vert. They're heavy. Don't buy a GT. They're the hatch is heavy in the skirt kit and whatever. Buy a coupe. The stripper coupe is what you need to go fast, right? And then there comes guys like you and I that completely fucking bastardize them with body kits (laughs) and try to make them look like road race cars, right?
0: Yeah, no, um, I think it is a thing of, like you said, passion or, you know, what drives you ultimately. Technically, yes, Mustangs are muscle cars. You know, it's, it's American muscle. And I think, like you said, with Le Mans or Euro, Jap, whatever, our sense of styles are, I guess, not American muscle. And, and I think that maybe that is what rob or rubs people the wrong way. But with that said, there's nothing stopping because again, people race GTs all the time. The 93 Cobra or the Cobra R was a fully kitted, body kitted car that was geared around performance. So with that said, you know, Celine used a kit, Dutch used a kit, all of these guys use kits, same thing. Celine and Dutch, both are road race, road course cars. They're not intended for a straight quarter mile, eight mile, any of that drag racing uh, type stuff, with the exception of the Celine that I have that's been mini tubbed and caged and <laughs> everything know. else, um, which is, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, with that said, I, I think that there is a place for it. And, you know, I'm If a guy pulled up, let's say me and you went to the racetrack just to go watch. So we got some bunch of good old boys wearing new balance sneakers, you know, just, you know, banging gears and, you know, running some really good times. Yep. Adjusting their carbs. And we roll up and let's say you roll up with your coupe with a body kit and I roll up with my coupe that is 100% stock. Now, what is the guy with the new balance is gonna do when he meets us both? Is he going to be, and I guess not confrontational is the word the word that I'm looking for, it's how is he gonna treat the, the two of us? I feel he's going to go after the coupe with the body kit. So he's going to go to you and he's going to have a problem because you spent money on your car that didn't make it go faster or go. He, you didn't spend, you spent money, but you didn't spend it in the same place he would have spent it versus maybe me and my stock car was, he's like, oh, okay, you got one good for you. But you know what I mean? Or or that he can see there's opportunity there. Like, okay, he hasn't wasted money in other places, like a body kit. So he's okay. That's almost what I'm seeing if, if that scenario yeah. were to were to happen, you know. Well, I think so. I'm picturing in my
1: head your white Cali Coupe and the trouble. I think that you and I might be grouped into the exact same situation because. You don't have a set of fat tires in the back and skinnies up front. You're showing up with what's on that thing, Cobra or are they salines? Yeah, they're the 18 inch saline reps. Right. So I think we're going to be both in the same. Now I might be shit on worse because I got a body kit, but if you showed up with the white Cali coupe and you had a set of Hoosiers on the back and a little set of bike tires out front. I would probably be burned at the stake and you'd be welcomed into the new balance club.
0: So, but what would happen? Okay, because you know, we haven't popped our hoods yet, right? So let's say true. Um uh what's the uh just trying to think here? Let's say you had a big, I don't know, let's say you had a, a 351 with a single turbo. And, you know, you could, you could fit all that underneath your stock hood uh, if you did it right. Sure. So, you know, you don't, you don't need a cowl or anything. And uh, let's say you still had a good tire in the back, but you didn't opt for skinnies in the front. You got your body kit. So you roll up, but you got, because it's turbo, right? So you can mess with all the way that your exhaust is done. So you can just roll up and you're, you're pretty much sound in stock. Right. And um, I pull up in the cali coupe with drag lights with with skinnies in the front and, and fatties in the rear but like i'm stock or, or i'm i'm 90s modded. i got 373 three gears uh cold air intake underdrive pulleys exhaust i, is got it cold? Def, I have catless exhaust with two chambers and 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 maybe a b cam like maybe you know is the cold air intake chrome or is it painted Oh, <laughs> you know what? You know what? I have, I have a Ram air. I have the old mock Ram air kit with dryer hose. Sure. Um, you know, <laughs> uh, just like homemade style. And let's say my paint is beat, like never been painted clear coat falling off and, and your car is still your car, like super nice, pristine paint. Well, I know you don't think your car's pristine, but To everyone else in terms of how they know it, very ultra clean. So now we roll up to the track and we started talking to Mr. New Balance. And then we pop hoods and I got this oil leaking, filthy engine bay, you know, um, plug wires like different colors. sizes. yeah, you know, just just absolute shambles. Um, just like jalopy, right? Like don't even care about the car. I'm, I'm just there to beat the shit out of it. Versus you who now has a body kit and an amazing built motor and turbo setup. Do you think you're gonna get his respect? I think you're getting welcomed into the club before I do.
1: <laughs> I truly do. I one more little flair, I'll throw on the whole body kit topic is i think it it kind of gets some of this i think some of the flack it takes comes from like the whole jdm influence like i think you when you throw a body kit on a on a coupe, it gets people's mind thinking like you've you've messed with that you've taken it out of america and you've taken it to japan type thing it's like, like the old sixties, seventies days. If you went to Detroit with an import, like you pretty much got shot on the spot, you know, like it just goes against people's initial impression. And I, I kind of find it funny because I've watched all the top 10 things you shouldn't do to a Mustang. It's entertaining. Right. And I get people saying to me, fuck, they literally take time out of their lives They'll never get back and they'll say, Dude, have you watched Ken's video? Like, what the fuck are you doing with your body kit? Right? Like, you literally had to take time out of your day to do that, you know, right? Like, and what the fuck's it to you? But anyway, I won't get into it too deep. (laughs) I watched them and I, I mean, I love everybody. I appreciate everyone's got their own taste and their own whatever. Um, I always like it when somebody gives me the opportunity to say to them like look this is why and where it came from it still to this day even at 40 years old I can justify it to myself as to why I did what I did it wasn't like I got fucking drunk in Vegas and bought a body kit you know what I mean like it was thought out it was there was some some intense thinking that went into it and you know you talk about the the personal influence and the your own personal flair that you put on things to which shit you're doing right now with your uh the yellow vert right like you got things that you want to test out and you want to try and you want to see how they play out in a car that you've always wanted to do it on like what is so bad with that guys like when you really break it down you know not to get off on a, too much of a tangent here, but the world is completely fucked as we all know it. <laughs> We're going to shit on each other because of this. Like, come on, Jesus Christ. Like, and, or you don't know, unless you ask what was going through the person's head at the time. I mean, maybe a guy took a GT body kit, which don't get me wrong. I don't like him when people drill holes in GT body kits, but drilled his exhaust out of the GT body kit for a throwback to his you know late father that had a car that had that you know what I mean like how do you know you don't know and or maybe he's an up-and-coming body guy right like this could be someone that you see something in SEMA 20 fucking years from now and this kid's just trying something out let him have it like fuck off and give him his time you know I, oh, am getting, obviously getting a little fucking fired up here, but it just, it gets under my skin a bit. Right. It, uh, just because it's like, why are they, it's like assholes, you know, those are opinions. Everybody's got one fucking
0: keep it to yourself. Well, absolutely. And, you know, I think it goes for everything, right. It, I'm very, I guess, agnostic when it comes to auto sports or motorsports. You know, it's if I like the way that something looks or the way that it performs, then, you know, I like it. Maybe I'd buy it. Maybe I'd drive it, ride it, whatever it is. And I am a looks guy. That's it. And again, going back to just the individuality, I judge books by their cover. You know, initially, you know, I buy my wine based on. I'm going to do my research but the first thing that I'm going to look at is is that a nice label on that bottle of wine and you know then I'll see where it's from and you know do I like the areas or the vintage or any of those things Uh, but similarly you know it's I believe in performance but I think that you should be able to look good and perform well at the same time you know or you got to go like all the way like that pendulum has to to shift all the way to like you got a full clapped out patina or even like that parts car that i just stripped down the black one if you slam that thing down on chrome 18 inch salines like just you know dragging any speed bump or anything that you hit in the road and just like no fucks given like that's got cool stats. But Agreed. you know, I I think this stuff in between um is what gets me. And and for the race car guys that get upset at us for spending our money not on race parts, you know, kind of the same thing usually translates back Is that, okay. You've spent all this money on your motor, but you know, you can't change the door molding that fell off or paint your car one color or, 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 you know what I mean? Like it's, it goes both ways. And I know I've probably generalized a lot and and said a lot of blunt statements in in this episode. And and again, it's not, um, you know, if you have a black notch on, on Cobra or 17 inch, um, pony ours, it's okay. Ponies. Yes. Thank you. Um, it's okay. And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I'm just saying that, you know, again, we all feel the way that we do. And I think just shedding some light on this whole body kit thing is that it shouldn't be, or those, anybody who chooses to do so, like you said, like you shouldn't have to take heat over it. Like I don't give people a hard time for the mods that they do or or whatever they do. I've expressed my thoughts and my opinions on, on this podcast, but You know, it doesn't mean I'm going to go and start being a keyboard warrior and start being, you know, throwing up a bunch of these opinions in every car I see because, no, those are all nice cars. And you know what? If I got one of those minty black notches on the 17-inch Pony R's, well, guess what? I'm going to be putting some ROHs or some Borbets on that motherfucker, and I'll probably put a body kit on it, and it's going to be even (laughs) a better car. You know, it's like, thank you for providing or finding me such a nice minty car that I can now personalize as a blank canvas. And, and that is exactly the way that I would see it, or I guess that I would put it. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. You know, It it's, it's great. And I like original cars because you know what? A lot of the cars that had body kits, and I've seen so many Dutch kits that were molded right into the door moldings everywhere poor job or, you know, they put screws in and bondoed over and the bondo starts cracking out and moisture got behind, and rust and this and that and trying to take those kits off or once you do and the shit that you see behind them, uh, you know, that's a problem. So, yes, we need the stock LXs and, and, you know, we might modify the odd one or two. And for anyone wondering when I put Dutch kits on, at least as of recent I always put them on in a way that you can take them off. So 100% reversible. You know, my silver notch, I can have that kit off in 30 minutes, never even know it was ever on the car. And so that way it can please whoever. Who knows? Maybe somebody wants to buy it and just take the kit off. I actually had a guy offer me a lot of money for it. And he's like, you can keep the kit because he knew the way that it was installed. And I was just like, no, sir, it's not happening. But there we go
1: so going back to my point about the kind of the two classifications which i think most people fall into one of them either you want to go straight line quick or you meet no not that you want to go straight line quick but you just enjoy the look of a straight line quick car you know your standard kind of raked out slicks in the back skinnies up front versus that low leveled wide tires, wide body, wide whatever, I think most people fall into those two categories. Now, if you were to crossbreed those two looks, imagine putting slicks and skinnies on your silver coupe. That'd be a fucking disaster.
0: Well, the crossbreed of all of this that I think we should touch on is the whole, I guess the element of stance, which, I have to give respect to, well, I guess, you know what, we've all gotten older. And I think that a lot of the guys that have bought these cars maybe for you know midlife crisis or a second time in their life again, but it does seem like everyone is on the lowered wagon now. You know, we don't see people going for rake as much. Like even these race cars, we're getting pretty nice stances out of them you know now with the coilover setups especially proper coilovers in the rear and all of these different you know contraptions if you want to call them that for maximum motorsports for upr teams all these guys biking um, it's allowing people to really get these cars sitting right and i think that again talking about the evolutions of nobody really cared about coops back in the day now people care about them and it's now allowing people to make them look better by getting them closer to the ground and hide some of those things that we talked about earlier. Put a bigger wheel on, you know, people are now, you know, 17 inches and like, oh my God, that's so big. When people were used to their like 15 inch craggers or center lines or drag lights, et cetera. Um, you know, 17 inches is the norm. 18 inches, you know, even widely accepted by most, and I think that we have that now, where where everybody is kind of on the same. Okay, you gotta you gotta lower the car, you gotta put wheels on. It's a must, unless you're like real OG. But I think generally speaking, people are on that train, and then you know you have the race the race cars that are still low or, or lower, getting. St- you know, looking good. So everyone's on that page, but now we have proper stance and fitment coming into this, where, you know, whether you got an IRS out back or people are not rolling to get, rolling their fender wells, to be able to get a bigger tire underneath, they're rolling their fender wells to get their wheel right flush with the with the wheel well and, and stretching tires, you know what I mean? Like they'll put, yeah, they're running 10 inch wide rear wheels. Maybe they're even running 10 and a halfs or 11s, but dude, they're only sticking a 255 on them or a 245 stretching the shit out of the tire so that they can, you know, be able to be low and um, still be tuck able to tire. tuck it in and not rub. And, and people are rolling, cutting, you know, taking the old baseball bats or the Eastwood tool, which you know what? Brutal did a video the other week using the baseball bat. I got to give him kudos or props, kudos, whatever, uh, because he said pretty much the same thing that I always say. Eastwood fender roller takes time. It's a pain in the fucking ass. And I can honestly do a better job and a quicker job with a bat and a big hammer. Just putting that out there. Um, But yeah, but the
1: only guy in the Fox body world that wouldn't have short, sore shoulders after using that Eastwood roller would be Paul the Fox. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's a fucking workout, um, man. Working oh, that yeah.
0: thing. Holy. So, yeah, now we have these guys that are going like ultra low. Uh, we got drift cars that have come into the works, right? Um, with the crazy oversteer front end setups. And, you know, we see some guys. Um, not in the stance side but on the drift side you know they're sticking you know a 305 in the front um doing some crazy fender stuff um so i think that there oh is thoughts. yeah some uh some evolution to all of this where maybe not necessarily in the body kit side but there is things have changed 100 percent now i think that like you said whether it's the pinch welds uh, from maker's garage that's a little baby body kit in the making or you know any of these things but I think the stance guys um are getting a little bit of a hard time um and and you know I go low but I, I'm not that extreme stance and I think a lot of old or some of us get those confused you know what I mean like uh the ultimate like when you got that camber that the IRS can give you. And then you camber out the front and you're really just going for like that Japanese crazy, um, you know, that stance look um, versus just trying to get that poke of, you know, your wheel and that flushness um, is kind of two different beasts uh, which I think that a lot of people are catching on to. You know, we want to see our wheels out. We're playing with wheel spacers now. Um, you know, depending which SN95 spindle you go with, it can give you a different offset. And, you know, I like it. I, I like the direction that the market and the Fox body world has gone, you know, the, the body kit thing will always be the body kit thing, I think, but I like the changes that have happened. I like that people are going low. I like that people are putting wheels on there needs to be, I don't like the wheels that people are going with. I don't like all these replicas and everything else, but it is an opportunity for people to individualize themselves. And and I do feel like um, the looks game now is stronger than it was back in the day. Yeah. Well, and I mean, let's not forget
1: where all of the aftermarket bits and pieces come from, which is always from some sort of race bred world, right? Um, and to your point about like technology, the reason that cars back in the sixties and seventies had these big rakes on them is because they were trying to replicate what went fast in a straight line. Because if you had a big lifted up rear end and a saggy set of springs, you could transfer power to that back tire real quick. Right. Whereas technology to your point has changed a lot of that these days. It's still physics still take into effect the fact that you want to transfer weight to the back tires, but you can do it with an inch and a half, two inches versus eight inches like the old leaf spring cars did. Right.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Another thing not to forget. And I mean, this somewhat, it doesn't justify my decision-making for putting a body kit on a coupe, but it is justifiable in a sense in that the likes of Derek Hansen, literally put a body kit on an LX hatch. Or did he officially do it on a coupe? I know Celine did like one or two, but I don't know if Derek did any.
0: I don't know if any were actually numbered. Like he did, it would have been like customer buys the car, sends it to Dutch, and then they right. would have got the kit put on. But the, the numbered cars sold through the dealers, I want to say it was the same thing as Celine. It, it was just the okay. hatches. Okay.
1: But I guess my point being like, they were quite literally doing this because it was bred out of a race style situation. Like this literally made the car cut air better than it did without the body kit on it. And again, I, I'll just give the caveat. I did not put a body kit on my car to go faster on the highway. Okay. I did it because I liked the look of it period. But there is some legitimacy to all this. And it kind of goes back to my point about how all of these tweaks and twists that people do to their car come from some race type world. And it's usually the race world that's pushing the limits of going faster or cornering harder or whatever the case may be. And that somehow translates into a bolt on kit that the average person can put in on their driveway in under an hour, right? And that's what makes people money, and that's what sells shit and whatever. Now, to your point about lowering cars, I've always been a huge, well, and it it's because I subscribe more to the the likes and the look of that kind of road race style flat. I'm I'm not a big fan of rakes, maybe in the right old school, you know, like whatever 60s car Chevelle you know but even still I I like flat I like a a proper ride height um I I don't know I just I like they ride better they drive better they everything I mean Christ when I got this convertible it felt like you were driving a 1969 C10 like it was just this waterbed of Shit. And it's funny because when I first started my YouTube channel, I did this video, Top 10 Reasons to Buy a Fox. And I remember saying, like, look, they don't handle that bad. Fuck, you know what? If I could go back on that, I'd be like, they were shit. Like they really were. I was more justifying that point off of the fact that I got set a set of progressive eye box in my coupe. And it handles okay, right? It could be better but it handles way better than it did. These things in stock format, it's like driving a goddamn waterbed. Like, and there's a fella I talked to out East, uh, he's near Niagara area and he's got a beautiful 80, oh shit, I think it's an 87. When did the T-top stop in the GTs? They just did those couple years or whatever. I think it's an 88. I can't remember if it came originally, it's a, uh, no, he might've repainted it, but anyway, it's kind of an emerald green color, beautiful car, got the turbines on it. And uh, anyway, Steve, if you're listening, this is your car I'm talking about by stunning car, beautiful car. Uh, I, for the most part, this thing may have aftermarket plugs and a K and N, you know what I mean? Bone stock. Right. So and anyway, he's, Been watching my videos and chatting with me and he goes, shit, man, like all this talk about lower in the car, like, I think I got to bring this thing down because maybe he used to just, you know, get so excited to get out and drive that car that he never really paid much attention to the fact that you could hide beer cans between the tire and the wheel well, right? (laughs) And now he's going, wait a minute, right? I'm seeing all these other cars and that fender's a lot closer to the tire and that's a pretty sharp looking deal. Maybe I should look at tweaking it a bit, you know? So to your point, bud, yeah, I agree. I I think the the stance is key. There's not many cars unless you're getting up into the high-end exotic stuff that comes with like a nice ride height. And that's a game changer right there. You can take a stock car and put lowering springs in it and change the look completely.
0: Yeah. No, and I got to say like the, my BMW, experiences, which I've gone through a number of them over the years, you know, there's nothing more impressive than, you know, just grabbing whether it's an old E36 or my E39 M5 and throwing a set of Bilstein like PSS-9 coilovers on it. It is like, like you can improve a Fox body, like like you said, you know, but the difference that is done on like a BMW on that upgrade. It's like, and I think that that's the difference because those cars generally came quick, performance wise for for any of the higher models that existed, you know, the M3s, the M5s, or even, you know, the the 330s or M5, or sorry, the the 540s, 550s, Um, and so on, you had a lot, a good amount of power out of the gate. And the suspension was always like the first improvement that you would go to versus the Fox body world is the suspension was always like secondary. Like in fact, people would just grab like four cylinder springs, if anything, and throw those in the back so that you could do the weight transfer thing you were talking about. and everything else but they would focus on trying to get them to to go faster but yeah you could throw like you could throw the maxim motorsport catalog at a box body which isn't cheap and it's going to handle really really well don't get me wrong but you know it's not european handling at the end of the day nor is an american muscle car ever really designed um to do those things so i guess to your point. Um, yeah, it's just, it's unreal how poor the ride quality of a Fox is, especially if you got a convertible or you got a T-top where you got the squeaks and the rattles and the wind noise and everything else. And then you got this car that just, I guess if everything is working, like as long as your struts and your shocks aren't blown out and you got factory springs that aren't you know, cracked, and I've seen a lot of broken coils over the years. Um, yeah, man, it's sort of like an unstable Cadillac slash waterbed, you know, thing. It, it, it's you know, yeah, you want to go straight, but you don't want to make a turn. It's actually, you know what? It's like the SRT10 Ram versus the Lightning. Like the Ram loves to go straight. It's got all that power, but I'm sorry, that's a full size fucking truck. Like it does, yes, you can lower it and whatever else, but it doesn't like to corner. The Lightning on the other hand, um, it, it, I don't know. It just, it's way smaller and lower by design and can take corners better, which, um, yeah. Is a whole other conversation, obviously, but
1: it's interesting.
0: Did, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, it's.
1: I've uh, been in lightnings. I've never been in the in the viper truck. Well, actually, I messaged you about one that I seen pop up, and not knowing anything about them, I'm like, you know, is this a good deal or not? Because um, obviously, that thing just screams cool, right? Especially if you can get one with a six speed in it. Like, fuck, you're this is the ultimate two wheel drive hot rod. Um, I didn't know though, that those things were, yeah, cornered like
0: waterbeds. Yeah, they're, man, it's just, it's hard cause like you think a Ram 1500 and an F-150, cause they're both, you know, your typical half Um, Both, I guess, but yeah, full-size truck in reality, but the Lightning, is just that much smaller. Like you just wash the two trucks, and you're just like, man, it, it feels like the the Ram is taking you twice as long. And both of mine are are slammed down. You know, it's it's pretty much apples for apples for apples. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. Like the the Ram. With that said, it does feel like it's put together better. You know, from the interior perspective, you feel a little bit more luxurious in the cockpit. Things are a little quieter. It feels more together versus the the F-150. And who knows, maybe the price point. But again, they're both still those original half-ton trucks to start with, right? So something's to be said there. I do feel like Dodge had a better, I guess, option. Um, than Ford did in terms of uh luxuriousness and comfort, but both of them, in their own respects have very cool features, and they're both extremely fun to drive, yeah, hundred percent well, bud,
1: maybe just to sum things up here because i wanna i guess well, I think we both shared our our thoughts and feelings <laughs> on it all, but I for the record I welcome you know all the like the the one that stands out to me the most is the the video that Ken did recently right and uh whatever I he's I've never met the fellow but he seems like a bit of a character he's probably a good guy to have a drink with and and yeah. shoot the shit. so I, I I felt like I understood where he was going with it all and again you're you're a, just like us I mean. We're somewhat trying to appeal to a wide crowd of folks that uh, even within this one little genre of cars that we have, the Fox bodies, um, there's a lot of differing opinions. So I get all that, you know? I guess if there's any takeaways that I'd ask anyone to to have is that just, we're all individuals, you know? We all, everybody thinks a little bit differently. and But at the end of the day, we all have the same intent, right? And we all have uh, passion that goes into these things. And the fact that somebody does something a little bit different from you, let them do it, you know, because you brought up a good point earlier about, you know, the guys that lightweight this and twist that and weld this and like you were taking that car down a path that is not only irreversible, you're literally changing that car forever. And I mean, for anyone that doesn't know, because I mean, Christ, if the Infamous Project has never seen a Xenon body kit in the flesh, chances are a lot of other people haven't either. But for the record, it's as much of a, you know, glue on kit as you can get. Right. So it's everything from the molding down. It's not moldings included. It's uh it's as reversible, I would say, um, not ever dealing with a Detch kit, but I would say it's as reversible as your uh, Silver Coops kit, 100%. So, right. uh, yeah, it's not, not, it was a very simple install. Uh, there's a lot of 3M involved and a couple of screws, you know, so you're not going great lengths to make this body kit happen. But uh, I don't know. Paul and I actually talked about it tonight on his live feed, and uh, I joke around about how, well, you know what? It it kind of makes me giggle a little bit, knowing that probably just like you, you're the guy that no one can remember your name. And they're like, yeah, but he's got that six silver coupe with the fucking body kit on it. <laughs> and I'm like... I'm that guy with the green coupe with the body kit and no one knows my name and nobody can remember, but it's like, yeah, but I see it pop up all the time and it's that dumb shit with the body kit on the coupe, Right. So, yeah. and I kind of like being that guy. Um, again, I said it earlier, but you know, if you understand the story as to where and why this body kit came into effect in the year that it did, it somewhat makes sense, or at least it would have to people that grew up around me. Um, but I understand, I get it. Everybody's got their own little take on these cars and they feel that they should look a certain way. And we kind of, not that we were knocking the guys with a lowering kit and 17 inch pony ours. I mean, hell, that's pretty much what my vert is sitting behind me right now. I love that look too, guys. I really, truly do. It's a really nice. Um, it's a really nice addition to what, the OEM Ford intended, right? Like just a nice little bump from where they would have come from from the factory. But at the same time, I don't think anybody really wants to go to a car show and see a bunch of lowered coupes with pony R's because you'd get to oh. the third or fourth one on the lineup and go, where's
0: the fucking beer gardens, guys? Like this is boring, you know? That's why we're gonna get you a nice set of uh, ROH Z R6s. <laughs> right. <laughs> because they look amazing on GTs, especially the two-tone. You just leave them in the silver, man, they, they look awesome. But to your point, I think, I think that as much hate as there is for the body kits on an LX or Fox body in general, that's not a GT or maybe a, a factory saline. um, I think that when push comes to shove, when yourself or myself pull up somewhere to somebody wearing new balances or anything else, that (laughs) once they see our cars in person, the tune typically changes or the tune never starts. That, you know, they might initially see okay, that's something different. I don't like it because it's different. And and I think that that's just the the initial reaction that a lot of people have. And I think that a lot of keyboard warriors can go to it, especially those that don't even own a Fox body and only wish that they had one. Um, I think that the fact that we've personalized or individualized our cars, takes away somebody else's ability to imagine that car as theirs because now it isn't a blank canvas anymore they can see so it's either they like the painting that we've or the picture that we've painted or they're just going to criticize like oh, fuck like i wish you hadn't have you know put that paint on there because i wanted to use or do this this color or, or whatever else, this design. And again, once we're in person or they can actually see the car and respect the car and they get to know either you or me, there's usually not an issue anymore. It, it would be a very few select individuals, I feel, that would really have a problem because at the end of the day, we're all enthusiasts. There's passion and care and maintenance that is put into the vehicles where if you're a gearhead, again, honestly, it shouldn't matter whether it's a Fox body with a body kit or a Honda Civic with a fart can out the back or whatever it might be. A a Ferrari with a Liberty walk fucking drilled in wide body kit into the panels. Um, If, (laughs) you know, if I see it in person, I'm there, I'm gonna appreciate the car, uh, regardless. And and in most cases, whatever's been done can be undone. So people need to, I guess, uh, be, not worry so much about something that's different. We're all different, yeah. we're all special. <laughs> okay, so I don't wanna beat a dead horse, but as
1: you were saying all that, it made me think of something. So for everybody listening, in your mind's eye, picture whatever favorite car show you go to and a whole lineup again of lowered coupes all different colors on pony ours and then in the middle you've got a green and gray convertible on gold daytons (laughs) i'm not a i'm not a dayton guy okay however I've only seen these cars in movies. I am going to naturally gravitate to that car because I'm like, holy fuck, somebody has done this. Right? Like, I would never do that to a car. I just, I'll put that out there. I'm, but I say that I can appreciate it it resonates with me because I've seen the movies, you know, like it, it, it's a thing. It's, it's in my, it's in my mental space. I'm going to go look and spend more time looking at that car than I would all the beautiful
0: coupes on the 17 inch Pony R's. Oh, absolutely. You know what? There was that car that you speak of at Foxtoberfest, Fest and I had to go over to really? because yeah, dude, menace to society was the reason I wanted a 5.0. And you know what? Same thing. I'd never put Dayton's or wire wheels on one, you know, what? unless I was actually that rich that I just recreated that car for the sake of, but, you know, it's one of those things that I'd never do, but it's cool to see when somebody else does it. And there's actually on that topic, it's sort of like the docks right? And we've seen 20 inch cobra reps go on these cars which really don't look that good actually the cobras just don't look that good at any size in my opinion they've just been beat to death but um I've actually seen and there's one car that comes to mind it must be like 22s or 24s on it and it's like a candy I'm apple good. red no 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 oh. the one that you're thinking of is um is slammed down. That one, yeah, um, yeah, that blue one with the massive rear wheels. Eric like slammed, down. yeah. Um, but uh, no, there's this one that's like donked. So it's it's up because it has to be up. The wheels are so big that you need to have the, um, I guess, the diameter in the right spot of the wheel wells, which I think they did chop in the front and the rear to be able to get clearance. Um, But it's candy apple red, like a proper house of colors. And it's got a crazy motor in it. And it's one of those things where you see it and you're like, okay, it's different. But the paint is phenomenal. And you can tell that the motor, like, it's got, like, big block, like, dog sound coming. And I think (laughs) he does a donut or something in it. And it's just nuts. And it's, I... Again, I'd never do it, but I'd love to see that somebody else has. And especially when they've done it right in that realm of, or or that sense of style. You know what I mean? Like if somebody just took 20, 24 inch wheels, bolted them on a Fox, hacked it all up and did it wrong, because I know that there's a lot of the same way where you can like, do a lot of questionable shit lowering a car, you can do a lot of questionable shit raising one up as well. And with yeah. the donks, I know that there's a lot of, there's a lot of things you got to do right if you want them to be safe or you want them to actually like drive down the road street. So when you can tell that the quality of work was there to do it properly, absolutely, like full respect. And you got to like, who wouldn't want to walk up to that and see some crazy fucking motor and near perfect house of colors paint job. That's probably like, man, that paint's gotta be 25, 30 grand on that car. And a lot of people are going to criticize it. Like, Oh, you put those big fucking wheels in there. Well, guess what? You can change the suspension and put it back and it's going to be that yeah. beautiful color car. It's going to have the crazy motor in it, but this guy decided to put big fucking wheels on it. Who cares? But you know what? it, it It caught your eye. And you know what? There's a guy right now. Oh, fuck. Wet Fox Vert. Have you seen this guy? No, I'm going to look right now. So I saw this guy at Foxtoberfest. And he towed his car in because it's not, it wasn't anywhere near done. And
1: Gearhead did a thing on this guy. Yeah. So, the two tone
0: engine bay, yeah, Yeah. yeah, like the gold, gold with yellow metal flake on one half of the engine bay, and then the original white. So, this was one of like a 93 uh, triple white feature car that he picked up. And the thing was stock when he got it. And man, like when you're talking about a crazy body kitted front bumper, like he grafted some crazy shit in, like where it's supposed to butt up against the bottom of the molding, he actually like moved it to where the bottom part of the underside, like under where the Mustang um, oh. inscription is to make it like that much yeah. lower to the ground. Then he did this, he cut the hood to put like a clear piece of Lexan in there so you can see through the hood. And the best, it's like a GT 500 drivetrain. This guy is wiring and building this shit in his fucking parking garage. Well, well, I was going to say, one of the neatest parts
1: that I liked about that guy's whole program, take away everything that he's trying to accomplish with the car, was the fact that he was literally wearing his fucking greasy garage duds when he was at, when Gearhead was interviewing him. He's like, dude, I fucking seriously was up till five in the morning and then we trailered it over here. It doesn't even run.
0: Like we fucking yeah. pushed it on the trailer and got it here. Dude, I'm he like, had, like, he had a wagon. You know, what? I, I wear my white hat when I'm wrenching and people are always like, oh, you must have been working hard today. Your hat's extra dirty. Um, but this guy had a white T-shirt on, which was pretty much gray and black with you saw his pants. He had like socks, white socks in like flip flops on his socks were like completely disgusting. Like the dude look homeless is the best way to. Describe him, but as long as he was standing next to the car, you could put two and two together that he's been working on his car. But, and yeah, that was exactly it. Um, he was actually parked not too far away from me. And same thing, I, I wouldn't do any of that shit that he has done to his car, but man, it is so impressive, so cool. You know, younger guy doing it in a parking garage, all these crazy innovative ideas. And this almost, It takes me back because I haven't seen somebody do all of those extremes on their own in those circumstances in a long time like I feel like now all we see are these crazy builds by shops that have every single tool that you could imagine to you know you're only as good as your tools as they say right so it's like people with money to buy shit that's already fabricated, already done. Here's this guy literally like making one-offs of every single aspect of the car. Um, He actually, it was on Air Ride, one of his airbags had blown uh, the night before uh, because I want to say he had issues with the weight of the GT500 motor and everything. He was told one thing and then something didn't end up working out, but um, crazy. Again, it's like that stuff, like how can you not appreciate that? Yeah,
1: I'm actually, so this reminds me, I hope this is what people enjoy about the two of us is that we fuck off on these haywire tangents. But (laughs) while we're on this topic, buddy, there are videos that I'm going to try and find. Okay, here's one. So this is from eight years ago, what are we, 2022, so 2014-ish, okay. This fella, now his YouTube handle is Jason Hall, I assume that's his first and last name. He's got a blue coupe that he called the GT500 Fox Swap. And to the best of my knowledge, this was the very first time that I had seen anyone do this. So literally, motor, The whole nine yards, drive and train, uh, with an interior swap. Which love it or hate it, right? Those are six and one half dozen and the other. But I remember watching this guy's videos, and they're they're not you know high quality production videos. Probably him in his cell phone. But I remember seeing him start it for the first time, and the coolest part is is you hear him kind of clunking along in the gravel. Which right away I'm like, motherfucker! This guy doesn't even have a paved lot that he's working on. You know what I mean, like. And he gets in the car and he goes to turn the key, and you hear doo 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 the Ford sound, right? Of the, the new Jeep, um, well F150s, everything. I'm like, holy fuck! He's even got the dinger in there, right? And then he starts it. You hear the blower whine. You hear everything. Anyway, I encourage anybody listening, if you haven't seen these goddamn videos, go watch them. Because there's a couple of him doing, I don't know if he's got his phone set up on the side of a straight stretch of road or what, but he goes blasting by and you hear him, he comes by probably in third gear and he stands on it and this fucking car breaks loose completely at whatever, call it 80, 90 miles an hour. It's a fucking crazy car. And further to all this, I remember trying to track this thing down and, or the guy, I was just, I'm always interested in the story. I love the story. I I remember trying to track him down and I found some threads on a, an old forum that talked about like, had he sold the car? It ended up that he had, it went to somebody new. And I don't know if that person just tucked it away or what, but it, the story stopped quite quickly after he had gotten rid of it. And I think he might've sold it for, Like, quote unquote, rather cheap. And I'm just spitballing this number here, but I want to say like 22, 25 grand ish. And I mean, you know, like just to track that powertrain down and to do the work and to to whatever, like this guy's got fucking $80,000 into this car quite easily. And just here, just take it and go, you know, I'm moving on to the next thing, whatever, right? Yeah. It's a neat car and it was all done. As far as I'm concerned, he was probably one of the first to be grafting this shit
0: together. No. And it's amazing. I actually, I remember a guy when the E46 M3s very first came out and I remember the, the, one of the first people to put one of those motors in an E36. And the thing about BMWs is the mobilizer units and um, you know, the electronics are, were way more advanced uh, in the BMW world than than Ford at the time. You know, you drive by wire, for instance, all, all of that shit, right? And I remember kind of same thing in his driveway. Um, he got that newer M3 motor in his E36 and he actually ended up running because the immobilizer and stuff. So you, had, you got the key, you got the cluster, you got the gas pedal, and you got, you know, your ECU and all of those things that all work collectively together. So he was actually running the fuse box and all the wiring of the e 36 and the fuse box and all the wiring of the e 46. So the two of them were together and, you know, he, wow. he was on, uh, this was all on, I think, Bimmer forums, um, as it was so long ago and, you know, early two thousands type deal, but, you know, you always got those critics like, oh, you know, it's going to be running in limp mode, you know, hacking all this wiring. But at the end of the day, the the motherfucker figured it out. It wasn't about trying to get a hack um, to, you know, crack the computer and deal with the um, immobilizer and EWS system and all that stuff. This guy actually found a way to make it all work and he did it on the cheap, right? And I'm sorry, at the end of the day, he was winning races. He had managed to get it done. And I think I'm a little bit of a nerd when it comes to like the wiring and stuff. Like I love, I guess, those those first times of people making shit work like that. It's like the twin turbo coyote um coupe um that I have that is utilizing the foc- or the stock factory foxbody cluster. There's no Dakota Digital in there. There's no race pack or Holly or any of that shit, the factory oil gauge, temp gauge, battery gauge, RPM, all that shit is all factory and working with the coyote motor. There, there's another guy
1: that's doing that, um, that I don't think he gets quite enough recognition either. Um, I think his name is uh, on Instagram. It's PCP Allen. Oh yeah. He's doing quite, a few, quite a few coyote swaps. And, um, what the, the part about that guy that interests me the most, it's the same thing about the GT 500 guy, like working in a, a carport, probably like somewhere I'm just guessing here, but like say Louisiana, like, you know, like hot as shit, it's humid fucking guys laying in the gravel swapping stuff that, you know what I mean? Like he, the next time you're laying on your fucking garage floor. Going man, how bad does this suck? Think about these guys that are doing it in the gravel or Christ beside their condominium or apartment, you know. Yeah. But anyway, that PCP Allen, I mean, he's doing it in his home, you know, one and a half or two car garage. Um,
0: he's I think he moved. Coyotes. I think he's got okay. more space now. I, I want to say okay, but yeah, I know. Yeah, he's, he's yeah. You know,
1: shoehorning himself around a two car. And uh, dropping coyotes in from the top where everybody's fucking two-posting motors in from the bottom, right? And then not only had he figured out how to run the Fox gauge cluster, he had also figured out, because he's big on the four-banger swaps, he had figured out how to run um, the 6R80. No, what the fuck's the Ford one? I'm thinking Chevy. 6R80, 10R80. Oh right, I'm thinking the four L80. Okay, anyway, six R80. I think he's. I don't know if he's into the ten speeds, but anyway, whatever it is, he is shifting them with the cruise control buttons, like paddle shifters. Oh shit, he's grafted that into him. Yeah, man. And I'm like, this is cool shit. Like that is innovative, you know. That is Fuck, cool. Like, oh man, I give huge kudos to guys. Like this is actually a nice way to sum things up from our body kit disaster earlier. <laughs> Cause I'm like, this is like, it, it takes guys stepping out of the ordinary or gals for that matter. You know, like it just do something neat, challenge yourself, do something that no one else has done. Maybe you fuck up a thousand times, but you know, Thomas Edison, the light bulb, he figured out 999 ways how to fuck a light bulb up and then he figured it
0: out, you know, <laughs> Oh, absolutely, man. Yeah, I know. that's, And I think that's the the joy of it is, you know, seeing some of these guys completely (coughs) underrated. You know, I do a lot of stuff and, you know, I'm not claiming to be the best out there. I'm not claiming to be the most knowledgeable. And even out of all of us, I guess, on YouTube, I bet you there's some guy working on gravel in a carport that could probably show up with something and potentially more knowledge than any of us or all of us combined. And, you know, it's just really about being present and being out there, which we are. I'm not saying that we don't know anything. Uh, We do know a lot. Otherwise, people probably wouldn't watch us. But... There's definitely guys out there that um, we've probably never seen or never heard of. Might even have a car that nobody else has ever seen because so maybe the guy hasn't even like finished it yet. But um, there's probably so many works of art and masterpieces. You know, there could be a Ferrari drivetrain in a Fox body, and we don't even know about it, um, or something crazy. You know what I mean? Like. Um, it, it's, we only know what we know and what we can, what social media and, and the internet can, can allow us to see, right? <laughs> Buddy,
1: I'll, uh, I'll take that one step further and say that, um, you know, those of us that have the luxury, let's say of having some sort of phone with a screen versus one that flips and has a fucking door hinge on it, which are the people we're kind of talking about, and I'm not talking about them from a disrespectful manner. i mean It's the complete opposite. It's those guys that either don't have the time or could give a shit less about taking all the time that guys like you and I do to do this or to post something on YouTube or Instagram. Those are the guys that I admire, and I wish I could find. And you know, I'd, I'd be there five out of seven days a week just to hang with them because those dudes are doing and, and gals for that matter too. You know what I mean? There's just as many gals doing it as guys. And, uh, I really admire that and they just don't see the need, even though the rest of the world wishes they could have a taste of what it is that these people are innovating and doing. They just don't have the time or they don't have the need or the care to do it. And so much of this stuff gets not even seen, let alone forgotten
0: about, because it never sees the likes of anything on the web. Yeah. And I think even like people's circumstances too, right? Like we're all so quick to judge others and, you know, we've sort of, uh, I guess, allowed people to be flies on the wall of our everyday lives to a certain extent. But some of these people, um, you know, and we were talking about it a little earlier that are putting in overtime at work or have like this clear, dedicated mindset of trying to get their builds done or whatever. And whether they're working a whole bunch of other jobs, maybe they're going through family issues, maybe you know what I mean? Like there are some circumstances out there that some people are just absolutely so damn impressive. Um, you know, I, I had a kid and his dad at the large Toronto show last fall that were both mutes that Jay, um, two Jay Z swapped a notch back. And, you know, they were just typing in their phone what they wanted to say and would show me, um, Uh, show me their phone and then that's kind of how so they could read my lips and understand what I was saying that way um get the fuck out of here wow and it was just because he like tapped me on the shoulder and he just was like you know had his finger up like one second one second he's typing in his phone and he's just like oh are you infamous the the dutch body kit guy and I'm like yeah and he's like oh I love the kit he's like I want to put one on this car and yeah, they had, um, they'd done all the wiring, did the whole power plant, transplant themselves in the garage. Yeah, it was running a standalone on it. And just so impressive, like, you know, to go through something that challenging, I know there's a lot of stories like this out there, but you know, I think they need to be highlighted more. Um, you know, sometimes people have a rough go and don't have the luxuries. Um, or resources or means that we're fortunate enough to have. And they still manage to plow through and, I guess, represent the automotive world in in their own ways. And I, I think it's those kinds of individuals as well, that really personalized stuff, so cool, and such an amazing story in so many respects, because you know what, that whole competitiveness And all that bullshit is thrown out the fucking window because they have more important things to worry about in their life than worrying about, oh, can I go, can I gap this guy on the fucking racetrack? And that's what I love. Buddy, let me take that one step further. How much
1: of a piece of shit would you feel like if you seen that car on Instagram and you did some keyboard worrying like oh you ruined it you put a 2jz in the fucking thing and you had no idea what went in or and or what the people that put the car, the motor in the car were dealing with like my mind's going a million miles an hour right now i'm trying to think to myself okay these two fellas that are, are both mutes you go to start that car for the first time and i mean How many times have you put a motor in something and you may as well put a fucking welding mask on. You can give a shit about what you're looking at. You're listening for what's going on. Like did the fucking car actually start or are we still on the starter? And that those guys did that. Like that's fucking mind boggling. And again, roping it into our body kit thing. Like some dickhead I'm sure would be like, you ruined the car knowing nothing about what these two individuals battled through and i mean i don't know i'm assuming they must have had a laptop they must have just been visually making sure that the car actually started and ran you know what i mean like you got you've removed the ears from the from the picture like yeah you can't hear fuck
0: all that's crazy matt no totally man Um, And and you're absolutely right. You know, there's always, you got to get the full story. And I think that's, you know, like I said before, as visual of a guy as I am, I might formulate an opinion in my mind initially, but, you know, be careful before you start typing or before you start speaking until you get some background on it, because, you know, you could find yourself in a pretty uncomfortable situation. you know, I think, I actually, I might have shared the story with you, but the guy pulled uh, me aside at Foxtoberfest and apologized to me for being a keyboard warrior about that 86 GT that I'd stripped apart where he said that I was ruining the car and everything else. And then it was after the fact that he saw in the community posts when when I put how bad the frame rails were rotted and, like, how like the car was gone. But, you know, on camera, which... The GoPros love to make things look better than they really are. And, um, you know, everything else, it, it did look like a pretty solid car, you know, if you were to initially glance at it, And I get it. People are passionate for four eyes and, and Fox bodies in general, but, you know, he was quick to judge and, but you know what he owned up to, it, which was the, the important thing. So kudos to him. Um, I know he's got a really, um, Crazy father son project. Actually, I think the past two Fox Overfest, they won the award for. It was something in progress. Um, that uh, you know they got this box. It was. I think it came like on a um, on a trolley. The first year. Like it, it had no suspension, no nothing. So I think it was on a trolley. And then this year it was a roller. So they actually got some suspension and everything else underneath it. But man, it's still like, like it it's it stripped. So um, you know, same thing. You know, they they were probably so passionate, you know, trying to work together, trying to get this car done, trying to get the means to to be able to do it. And then they see me, this asshole online is looks like I'm destroying a fucking car when they can't even get theirs rolling. You know what I mean? I can see it, but we all have, at least we all should have uh, good justifications for what it is that we're doing. Um, So I think, uh, yeah, yeah, it's just, uh, whether it's a body kit or it's anything else you don't like, it's just, I think a good life lesson today. We're full of good life lessons. Look at us. Right. I think last week we were
1: trying to fill everybody (laughs) with a little bit of life and joy and life lesson type stuff. Yeah, no, it's true. But I know we could we could go on for hours on this. Probably a pretty good place to sum it up. And say, just, you know, for anybody out there still listening, like just cut people some slack and or maybe just ask a few questions, dig a little deeper. Understand the background before you go judging, because the last thing the world needs is another judgy asshole. Let's fucking just call a spade a spade.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And hey, you're not going to hurt our feelings if you ask us questions. Like you don't have to worry about no. That. And the other side of it is you're not even going to hurt my feelings
1: if you want to light me up about my body kit, because you know what? I've had more fun in that fucking car with the body kit on it than most of you know could
0: even. And as long as they're a good sport and they can um, they can take it back cuz I'm happy to uh to go, you know, head to head or whatever it might be for uh for uh, I guess judging and opinionating one another's faults. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 100%.
1: You know, and buddy, it's funny you say that because the best friends that I have in life are the ones that you can absolutely slaughter. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck? Did you get dressed in the dark? Like, what are (laughs) you doing? You can't go out of the house like that. And if you get offended by that, chances are you're going to end up on the outskirts of my, you know, outer circle of friends. But the ones that can take shit are the tightest.
0: And my friend Dale back in Canada whose shop I was working out of when I was there yeah. you know he's he's nicknamed shop dad because he loves to spit knowledge and experience you know he's a couple of years older and oh he always he would sort of complain that I wouldn't he's like why isn't shop dad and more of your videos and I'm just like if I had shopped at in more of my videos, I'm like, all it would be, I, I couldn't even, it'd be so annoying, because the beep would just be forever beep. Or I'd just have to like, have it on silent and just kind of watch your mouth go. Because man, he just, he loves to to fucking dish it. And, you know, I'm trying to record, I'm trying to, you know, do my shit. So, you know, most times I just ignore it, but he just he loves loves to give the abuse. And then, you know, same thing, Um, you know, give it back and it's great. You know, some days, you know, we all have our days. You just gotta be respectful. Sometimes people are a little less tolerable than others, but um, you're absolutely right, man. You gotta be lighthearted, you gotta have some fun and, you know, joke around a little bit. I do say that there's truth in every joke to a certain extent, but, That's life. I, I rather it be out in the open and on the table than me walk out the door. And then somebody start talking about me behind my back. You got something to say, just fucking say it, you know, I'll get over it. Amen to that brother. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we, uh, sign off for the night for the week. Let's wrap this one up. (laughs) Yep. Thanks for listening, guys. We appreciate it. All right. Till next week. Maybe it'll be, uh, Kuwaiti, and Middle Eastern Fox discussion. We'll see if we can get uh, Mr. Saud on. Yeah, I like it. Cool. Okay, bud. Catch you on the next one. All righty.